0: This is Corolla Digital. Hi, I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And that's the truth. We really are. And you know what? I feel like the luckiest guy in the world still. I'm 100% Colonel Jeff, and Dr. Chris came over here tonight... ...just to record some messages to let you know that we're in a great place and we can't wait to start working again. Naturally, before recording this, we went out to have a giant meal of barbecued beef. And that's why we're so happy. But folks, I can't tell you, everything you send in means so much to us. The messages, the letters everything, the cards, uh, just thank you. And I know you're listening to shows that have been broadcast again, but we're just glad you like it and can't wait to get back to work. There are so many things to do and I can't wait to tell you some of the stories about what's been happening. So take care of yourself and I'll see you soon. This week I'm on Ace on the House. Went to my 10-year reunion. Ray peed on me. I don't, I don't, ha, don't really it. recall that, by the we way. We were standing at the urinal's. And it was about three quarters of the way in I it was winding down And you turned over 90 degrees and you pissed on my leg And then I said, hey man Come on now, man, I'm wearing a suit And you weren't like, hey man, old times, man <laughs> And I was like, well, okay." It's old times. Let's go get a beer. I mean, that's what you do. I guess, you know, whatever you did in high school, that's what you got to do now, right? Check out an all-new episode of Ace on the House this Saturday. Or visit aceonthehouse.com. Only from Corolla Digital. From Level 5 City in Glendale, it's This Week with Larry Miller. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and everyone who likes singing to themselves on a ferry. Wow, it's great to be back. Thank you for tuning in again to This Week with Larry Miller. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And as always, John, terrific, always good every week. That's, of course, the Mike Wouters Orchestra and the Athena Alexander Dancers featuring boy tenor Michael Dodge asking the musical question... What do comedians and rugby players have in common? But first, and by Amazon. Amazon, as you know, has been a good sponsor for us, and they are saying that you can really shop for Halloween with them. As you know, I'm fond of saying that uh, you can get everything in the world at Amazon, except, of course, an actual Amazon. And what happens is, if you go on Amazon, you want to get something on Amazon... Instead of just going to them, go to our show first, uh, go to our website, www.larrymillerhumor.com. No, that's my website. Our show's website is Ace Larry... (laughs) (laughs) That's just so classic. Gee, I love being smart. You know, they, they still haven't learned... By the way, that's Jeff and Chris, who are just as stupid as I am, because how many shows do you think you'll have to produce... and and put on before you know that it has to be up there, because I'm just not going to remember. I could probably tell you every edit in Red River, but I can't remember the name of the show's website. So at any rate, the show's website here is, of course, now that it's up there, acelarrymiller.com, and then the banner will come up and appear, that I still haven't seen, and it will say Amazon on it. If you click that... ...on our website, then it takes you to Amazon and then you can buy everything in the world there, including apparently now Halloween costumes, which mean very little to me. I know I've touched on this before, but Halloween is coming up and I've just never quite gotten the whole holiday of it. I know where it comes from. I know that it's the Middle Ages to the Renaissance, and I know that it has a mystical base, and maybe all the bad souls come out. And by the way, that may be true. I'm not making fun of that. There's a lot of magic in the world, or as it says in the very beginning of uh, Hamlet, is, what's that line of, uh, there are more things under heaven and earth than are understood in your philosophy, Horatio? which is a great line to have, except you have to be talking to a guy named Horatio. And that really cuts down on the effectiveness. So having that quote in my head has proved largely useless. But the point is, I'm not just not a Halloween fan. I know where it came from. It just does nothing for me. And I, I candy, even as a kid, look, I liked candy, I suppose, as much as the next kid. But I really don't think so. A lot of kids just went nuts for candy and go nuts for candy now. Even then, I would uh, rather have, I don't know... Uh, pizza or potato chips or something like that. I mean I could like a an ice cream cone, but I think I was I think I was just preparing to go for the adult candy which which of course involves something being shaken up in a silver shaker and poured into a glass. And girls at any rate though. No, so I've never quite gotten but if you want a Halloween costume if you want to look like something horrifying, I said this to my kids. By the way, we passed a poster. You know that they have these things now. It's the eyes that turn back in the head to look really, really ugly. Why are we? Why do we want to make life ugly? That's what I'm. I'm not sure about. It's not about protecting ourselves against bad spirits. It's about saying, "Hey, look! Isn't it fun to be horrifying?" And that's what I. That's what I don't quite get. However. If you do, it's not important that I get everything in life. If you do get that, if you want to look horrifying, if you think you want to really wear something that will be distinctive and doesn't have to be Superman or Batman, and you want to look like a monster who who would actually eat the people, go to Amazon off our website. And remember, we get uh, a piece of that when you go through us, and it helps keep the lights on here at Ace Broadcasting. And as soon as we start making drink money... You'll be the second to know. And we have ended, by the way, our run with the Nissan people because of the Versa. They were doing that competition. But we want to say thank you because it was fun being in that car. It was fun working with them. And you never know. They might come back again. And I'm going to be bringing this up again in the show for a different reason. And I'll tell you why. But not right now. And what we're going to do at this point, first of all, I should explain why. Well, the answer to the question, what do comedians... And rugby players have in common, and my answer is, waitresses. But the point is, we got a a, a nice shirt from Mike Dodge, Michael Dodge, who is a rugby player. And we're going to take a picture of this and put it up on the website and Facebook. And he really took the time to make this nice. So we're going to put it up and then frame it or nail it to a wall or something like that. And it's going to be in the uh, Larry Miller wing of the Ace Broadcasting Museum, which is uh, currently under construction. It's going to take a while, the way all good things do. It's going to take, uh, what would you say, roughly, roughly, until the United States wins a World Cup, or until the sun burns out. So, But there will be an Ace Broadcasting Museum, maybe in Cooperstown, and uh, there will be uh, this week with Larry Miller wing there, and this shirt will be in it. But we're very grateful. It's very neat when folks have made things like that. There's going to be a lot of pictures. I've really gone picture crazy, by the way, and there's going to be a lot of pictures with captions on not only the show's website, which again, of course, is com. and I, I say that again, no, because it wasn't up there, and I remember it already from last time. It was a nice try, but you didn't get up there fast enough. I had to remember it myself. Don't I have enough to do around here? But anyway... That uh, it is on the website acelarrymiller.com, dot com and on the Facebook page so uh that's that that 's what comedians and rugby players have in common and the and the truth by the way is that because Mike alludes to this on the t shirt that that uh, rugby players are more promiscuous than comedians and can drink more, and you know what I think he 's right i think i 'm very happy <laughs> that 's one of those where i 'm happy to be in seventh place on that whatever whatever the first six are. I will happily agree that rugby plays drink far more. Comedians actually don't drink much at all. And uh, every so often, a comedian likes to have a couple of drinks here and there. And, well, as you know, I think you're listening to one right now. But that I think rugby plays, I think Mike's right, can drink far more than probably anyone And uh, I know some rugby songs. I never played rugby, but I know some rugby songs because I used to hang out with rugby players because, (laughs) well, they were drinking more. So at any rate, uh, thanks, Mike, for sending that in. And this leads in its way, though... Because that shirt is not going to get dirty, you see, because I'm not going to wear it. I'm not going to wear it as a workout shirt. I would not dishonor that shirt by wearing it and getting it dirty and getting it sweaty because Mike took so much time and put so much time in on it. But you see, it's dirty shirts that lead us to, that's right, a hamper update. This is a very involved hamper update today because you need to go onto the website and onto Facebook I went into the rat room in our house and took a couple of pictures of the old hamper. I not only did that, but when I came home from this last trip, this is part of what I come home to, chapter 25 in the hamper update, what I come home to. When I'm on the road and I come home, what do I come home to? And there are a series of pictures you'll see there, and it's always open. Everything is open and everything is on, and it's... For the first 11 years of the kids' lives, I used to think there was something funny in that. And now I think, so, you mean there's, there's just no way you're going to close things? I used to be, I used to use comical sarcasm. And I used to say to them, you know, uh, by the way, is it okay? I, w- I wanted to ask you first, but can I turn the lights out in your room since you're downstairs watching? Because I, I didn't want to turn it out without asking you. And they used to laugh, too, oh, a little bit. Uh, but now they just get b- bored by it, and I realize the place is always going to look like a night game when I come home. And all the lights are outside. All the outside lights will be on during the day. And there will be so many newspapers in the driveway, it will look like a newsstand in 1933, where they drop those big bales of newspapers. And I, I, in a way, I'm, I'm used to this, but this was, this was wild. There were open cereal boxes, two of them, and you'll see... You'll see them. One was a Wheaties box, and one was a Life with Cinnamon, I think it was, cereal. And they were both open, and the bag open. One was a bag of bagels, just open. And, and again, I don't know what, and the plastic hasp was sitting, because I photographed it, was sitting right next to it. And I got back from these two wonderful jobs in Washington State, in, in Olympia and Bremerton. Once again, as you know, on this show, we plug jobs in reverse. We talk about them after i 've done them, but really, it was a wonderful time up there and uh, so i so I got back, and everyone was pretty happy to see me and uh and also oh, when there was oh a nice meal, I got back on Sunday. there was a nice meal of meatballs in a red sauce on the stove, next to uh, another pot of pasta next to another pot of vegetables and I thought what a nice meal this is, except for the fact that it was there from Wednesday, okay? It was made on Wednesday and not put away. So I started taking pictures. My wife, who has a great sense of humor, this is not about my wife. She really understands that this is funny. It's just that I'm glad a lot of you are not telling her the way you used to. Remember, people used to rat me out on this show, and so I'm just trying to, I'm just assuming there's a little more... (laughs) Well, camaraderie among thieves, loyalty among thieves. So I'm glad you haven't really ratted me out uh, too much. But she really understands that's funny. She she hears the phone taking the pictures. My phone has one of those. with the sound. It sounds like a camera. So she heard the phone from the bedroom. We were going to go out to dinner, and she she heard the phone from the bedroom, and came in and said, "What are you doing? I'm just taking a picture of the meatballs here." And she said, "Now listen, I'm going to get. I've been, honey. I said, and she really is. She's been really busy." And uh, she's been working and getting the kids to games and and such. And it just doesn't get done. So I, uh, she said, you know what, I, I first of all, <laughs> let's talk about what we're going to do for dinner tonight. And then uh, I'll put it away. I'll clean it up. But but I do it. Uh, an hour and a half later, it still isn't done before we're going to go to dinner. So I I do it. And it just makes me laugh to take a picture of all these things. The old hamper there. And I swear, I mentioned this before. I really feel someone is sabotaging the Velcro on the new hamper. And I know it's not me, and that's why I decided to take pictures for proof. Because it is proof. Someone, and it wasn't me, threw a pair of sweatpants in the dark side of the hamper there, where the net bag is, and I took a picture of it, and you'll see when you go to the website or go to Facebook. And the website, of course, is acelyrimilner.com. And someone threw... Through, which is a violent act to throw something really, through the sweatpants right onto the edge of the hamper and it knocked, it knocked off the little patches where the Velcro is attached by staples. And I'm not saying the the hamper is the most well-made thing in the world, by the way. You know the story of the hamper, Fifty nine ninety nine, and I'm glad to have it now. And I, and I and for proof, I've, I'm have showing you the old one. Maybe it wasn't, it didn't have to be around. It was a little broken at the bottom, but it still works. And you see, that's the point in a way, and that's why I wanted to talk about this because of the shirt Mike sent in. And because I'm wearing now, I'm wearing now, and we'll take a picture of these two, because after all, <laughs> what else do we have to do? But I'm going to take a picture of these pants. I'm wearing pants that are 30 years old. And they're not ragged out. They're not patched. They're... 100% cotton, they're pants, they're day pants, chinos. They're not formal pants, they're just pants. And sometimes my wife has said, you know, those pants are a little old, why don't you get rid of them? And this is something I don't understand. I understand that people want new things, and that's fine. But I don't understand why a perfect the zipper works great. The belt is great. And these, this particular model, if, I've, if I'm in a cycle where I'm eating and drinking a tiny bit more than regular... And if I don't have to lose weight for some, either for a part or something like on that Letterman shot a couple of weeks ago, I lost a few pounds for that. And then afterwards, of course, you put it back on. But the point is, these are my, I guess, when I feel a little more comfortable. These are my heavier pants. And they're so nice. I'm wearing this, and I'm wearing a Brooks Brothers shirt that is 25 years old. It's not frayed. It's, it's a button-down shirt. And I'm wearing a tie. It so happens I wanted to put on a tie today because I was so taken with this whole ethic of keeping things that that are old. I'm wearing a tie I bought that's from the 40s. I have about 10 ties at home that I got in an antique shop when I was single. What a catch I must have been, huh? I was buying ties from the 1940s. And the truth is, by the way, when I I drove up to, uh, to pick up my wife for our first date on the car when we walked out of her apartment... Uh, And she said, oh, which car is yours? And there were three cars out there. And uh, one was a Porsche, and one was a Camaro, and one was a 1989 Mercury Colony Park station wagon with the phony wood paneling on the side. And she said, which one is yours? And I said, see if you can guess. (laughs) And, well... It was the Mercury Colony Park Wagon because I got it because I thought it would be so cool. By the way, this is not name dropping because this is just show business stuff. But when I got that car... You know, your friends get to know how crazy you are. But all people are crazy. So I said one night, we used to like to get cars together if you're going to get a car. So I called. There are people you'd know. George Wallace and Jerry Seinfeld, the two, two great comedians. But we were friends. So this was in 1989. So I called them up on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night and said, you know what? I feel like getting a station wagon tonight. I need a new car, and I want to get a station wagon. And this was before, of course, SUVs killed the whole station wagon world. I wish we still made station wagons. And we went over to Galpin Ford, I'm, I'm, not ha- I'm happy to say that because I've gotten a couple of things from them. There's nothing wrong with giving people a plug. I went over there, and they'd known me already. So these three idiots come in, and I was trading a car. I, a sh- I had a Chevy I wanted to trade in. It was a four-door Chevy with black tires, black walls, and a regular n- knob radio, which I got intentionally because, again, that fits the picture, doesn't it, folks? And I got it just that way. I got it with black walls. I got it with windows you could roll down. I don't even know if you still can still get there in General Motors anymore. And so I was trading that car in, and I wanted to get. I got the Mercury Colony wagon. They had one in. It was white with the phony wood paneling on the side, and it was the light brown, the dark or the tan interior there. It was great. And it was a, it was a car, as they used to say before everything was standard, it loaded. This one has everything. This is lo- This one's loaded. Air conditioning, power windows. And the point is, <laughs> and we left. Wallace, if you don't, know, if you know Wallace, he's 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 a very big, strong man. He's he's like six six, and he's very he's like football strong, and he always was. And he he wanted to sit in those great seats that face each other in the back. Now this is not an easy fit, but the point is, that was the car and the three idiots drove home in that tonight, I got that, and uh, the point is when, I, when uh, my, my uh, wife, that was our first date, and when uh, I said, so which car do you think is mine? And when she said, when I told her it was that one, and we, when we got in the car to go to dinner, she thought, and she told her friend the next day, her friend said, how'd the date go with Larry? And she said, because of that car, she said to her girlfriend, this is either going to go really well or really poorly and turns out it was both but no it turns out it went actually great cuz we we love each other and we're supposed to be together so this is the point though of clothing this is the point of the hamper update that why are we throwing so many things out i know i've mentioned this before in other contexts like with the hand towels she said we need new hand towels and, we, and these are these are raggy, the ones that i was wiping my shaving up with cuz i don't want to just send it down the drain every time so i wiped the sink we have, we have two sinks and she said she said well, those are those are raggy, and they're not raggy. They just have that dark shading, even after you wash them, of seventy-five 7, hundred shaves to them, wiping seventy-five hundred, you know, what sink full of hairs up, and I just. I didn't want to throw them out. So I, I guess I'm, I'm the one who doesn't, who doesn't want to throw things out. And as long as they, they still work, I'm going to keep this Brooks Brothers shirt that's 25 years old now. I'm going to keep these pants that are 30 years old now. I have 10 other shirts like this and six other pairs of pants like this and eight more ties like this from the days when George Reeves thought, maybe, maybe I'll be a leading man. And so it was before Superman. And those that's what these ties are from. So you know what, folks? I'll let you know. I'll, I'll let you know whether the sabotage on the Velcro still works. But that's the theme of this today. You know what? Let's let's not always have to throw things out. By the way, we were talking about this before the show. We were, you know, I said this to Jeff and Chris is sitting there, and we're talking about the way people treat their clothes. And that's when uh, Chris said, "Because you don't wash things all the time. You don't dry clean suits all the time, and you don't, and you don't uh, need to wash cotton chinos all the time or jeans all the time." You can wear them, and if they're not filthy, you can brush them off. The point is, that's when Chris said, and, you know, you can freeze your jeans, too. And that was one of those moments, I think it's probably a generational thing, when both Jeff and I looked at him, there was a sudden quiet in the room, and said, uh, beg pardon? And he said, freeze your jeans, you can freeze your jeans. And... uh, Jeff and I nodded, and then one of us said, doesn't matter who, I, uh, why would we do that? And, well, you freeze your genes because, as Chris said, it kills the bacteria. It, that's what you said? And it's, it does something. It's like washing them, but it kills the bacteria. And this is something I'm going to take his word on because we're friends and we work closely together on the show here. I'm not, I, don't, I don't think that's going to wind up happening in, in my life. But I can tell you something that has happened. And it's a very important thing. It is time for not a four-fecta update. It is a five-fecta update. Chapter 31, Return to Greatness. I have taken pictures of this now. And remember I told you I was afraid that I had tempted the gods. I had built a tower of Babel. And that by going to a five-fecta, five bars of soap, that I was going too far. And I was going past the whole point of putting soap chips together and that I lost my greatness. I always thought I was a great soap chip, put it together. And I thought that I was fabulous, in fact, in the shower on that and in my whole adult life. And then I realized I lost my touch completely. So I went back to two and that was chapter one, which I think we call chapter 11. Two and loving it. And then I went back to three. What I did was I slowly started crawling up on it again because the two was great. The two worked fine. And then there was a great space for a third because, as you know, if you're a regular listener to the show, I take soap from hotels. I I don't – I have a small moral qualm when I do it, but it's the soap. And I take the bath soap and I use – see, this is the reason I think I'm good. That it's a good thing to do to the world because I, I use the face soap for showering as well as shaving as well as whatever you do with face soap. Just face soap. And then I take the little bar of bath soap and I toss it in my kit bag. And I take it back with me back home to put in a drawer that, as you can imagine, at this stage of the game, has a lot of soap in it. Uh, but that's that's fine because I'm not taking shampoo because, let's be honest, why would I? And uh, there's, not, there's not a tremendous need for new bottles of shampoo in my life. And so the point is there was a perfect-sized a perfect size. I had a 4 factor, and I've taken a picture of that for you. And you've seen that on the website. And you've seen that on Facebook. The website is, by the way, acelarrymaylor.com. There. Mmm. Still not up there. So, th- you've seen the 4 factor, but I moved back to five. I knew, and here's what I knew. I knew that if I separated the four into two halves, because they were growing, they were growing too high on their own. They, were be- they weren't becoming easy to use. And I had to baby them, which is not the point of putting soap together. You have to be able to use it as a whole. You have to be able to use it heartily and healthily and not baby it. And it was getting too high. It was, it was like a Celtic gravestone. And it was too high. So I decided to separate them with the new bar of soap I brought back from the state of Washington. And I did. And I put that in the middle and you'll see a picture of it. It doesn't look good. It looks like Sort of one of those space stations that you never really think is very attractive. I mean, it looks cool in a way. Or like, you know, uh, spaceships where they, they go down, as they go through space, something else is twirling around it that twirls on itself. They have a whole section that comes out here. It won't look attractive to you, but so far, it works beautifully. And admittedly, the fifth bar, that is the first bar, is very, very small now, but it's still there. It's clearly white. Over amber, there it's clearly still a bar of soap. So this is a legitimate five-fecta. And I don't believe I've tempted the gods. I don't believe I'm building a Tower of Babel again. I believe this is all valid. And I believe this is all in the best of the whole concept of the five-fecta. But here's the thing. I could be wrong. And some of you may already be hearing that and saying, Oh, Larry, you just don't see it. You've just succumbed to the vanity of the five-fecta again. And you just can't see it. Maybe that's true. Because you can never be that sure of anything in life. You really can't. You really can't be that sure of, of, of anything. And here's something that happens. So I'll, I'll let you know. But as of now, you let me know as well. You take a look at that 5 factor. You tell me whether that's not so ugly it's great. And so great it needs to be ugly. So that's, boy. that's a motto for a product that hasn't been invented yet. So at any rate, I took a ferry for the first time when I was up in Washington State. I'd had a job in Olympia and one in Bremerton. And to get to the one in Bremerton, we, we drove to Seattle and then took the ferry across the way. And I saw something that I thought was kind of terrific because, number one, I'd never been on a ferry before. That sounds idiotic. But I'd never been on a ferry before, and this is the one where you drive your cars on, which always amazes me, You're just seeing them in movies. I can't believe you can drive that many cars onto a ferry, and then you get out, and they have a whole deck there indoors, and you can get hamburgers. They have, you know, a, not a sit-down restaurant there, but all these tables. You can get anything you want to eat there, and they have a whole special section, but they had a, they had a clam chowder. I don't eat much of clam chowder, but they said, this is the greatest one in the Northwest, this is a prize-winning clam chowder from the Northwest. And I said, well, that's fantastic. I'm going to get the prize-winning clam chowder from the Northwest. And as I bought it in a nice styrofoam container there with a spoon in it, I thought to myself, I looked out to the front of the boat, because we're all in the enclosed area there, and I looked out to the front of the boat and I thought, I want to be like Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic. I want to stand on, on the bow. It's the bow, right? Or the tap frill, what do they call that thing where you're standing right out front right leaning right against it, screaming i I'm, I'm I'm the king of the world i wouldn't do, do that I wouldn't have, have a need to do that by the way, I just want to go on the record of saying, if I had a chance to draw Kate Winslet with charcoal in in the cabin, I wouldn't be on the rail. that's neither here nor there though, so I wanted to go out on the, onto the rail and to see this beautiful ship, which is really moving along at a nice clip. It really is. This ferry that was going across, I guess the sound I guess it's the Puget Sound to, a lot of the islands there there, and I think Bremerton is a whole island. It's a beautiful place. And as I walked out and and left the enclosure there because I you know I realized a couple of things very quickly. Number one, everyone on that ferry knew this except me. This is one of those things of don't spit into the wind or always stick your finger up first if you if they say "If you're a kid on a on a whaling ship and they say "Here." Bob, throw the bucket of guts out, you know, that you have to check the, where the wind is blowing first. I walked out on there, and a wind hit me. And the reason I knew it was wind, and the reason I knew it was strong wind, was because suddenly I was not eating the clam chowder, I was wearing it. And it had gone into my chest at about 11 miles an hour. It had just flipped out of my hand, and I swear... I swear, even through the closed doors, I just turned around and every single person on that ferry had been watching me and then quickly looked back at their crossword puzzles. I swear they said, Hey, look at this hick, look at this Rube who's never been on a ferry before and he's going to go out front with the prize winning clam chowder. Hey, Marge, this will be a good one. And that's what happened. But something deeper than that happened out there. And by the way, this is another bit of philosophy of life. What do you do when thing? we have discussed this before—what do you do when something like that happens? And do do you get mad at yourself? Do you get mad at the boat? Do you say, oh boy, look at this, look at this, what a thing, what a thing, now I've got the clam chowder on me. Do you get mad at life? And I think everyone listens to this show, every one of you who listens is the same as me. And uh, the same as Jeff and Chris and everyone here, which is to say, people like us usually don't get mad at these things. You might feel yourself wanting to, but then all you wind up doing is just giggling and saying, oh, man, (laughs) this this is stupid. And not caring, because what do I care? What do I care anyway? Folks, I'm wearing pants from 30 years ago. What does it matter to me? (laughs) I've got a lot of meals on these pants. But seriously, I, you just don't care. And that's why I knew I could really enjoy the next thing that happened. There was a woman out there who was singing to herself. She had, an whether it's an iPod in there or something in her ears, and she was singing, but to herself. And because it was in the wind a bit and in the enclosure, she knew she could sing with a full voice. And she knew she could sing with the music. She was terrible, by the way, and she was really all over the place and the first song she was singing was Two Out of Three Ain't Bad and then she was singing one of my favorite songs and I think she was listening to the Patsy Cline version. It's The uh, the song is uh, Crazy. I think it's a Willie Nelson song. Crazy. it's crazy for loving you or whatever. I'm crazy for trying. It's just a fabulous song and if you don't know anything about Patsy Cline, by the way, boy, you really ought to. Just grab something by her and don't know what what good is, but at any rate, this woman, she's about forty, forty five, and she was. And then I noticed she was uh, she wasn't dressed that well. She was dressed down. She was dressed in a kind of raggy way, and I thought, well, that's all right though. She's got her, she's got her iPod, and she's got her voice, and she's got her fun. Even though the voice is no good, even though it's all over the place, even though it sounds a little uh, even demented, you know that she's just singing these songs. And that's when I realized I just strolled just to get a tiny bit closer. I thought maybe I'd smile at her or something, you know. And uh, that's when I realized she wasn't listening to an iPod. There was nothing in her ears. She and I it had such a big smile came over me because I thought, oh, how do you like that? Talk about old-fashioned. She's just a lunatic. It's something we don't see anymore in life. It's, she's not listening to something electronic. She's out of her mind. And that's why her voice sounded that way. She said, crazy, crazy, and two out of three ain't bad. That's why it was all over the place and mixing verses up because she was singing to a band in her head. And she wanted to be, I thought this was going to be a great visit, seriously, to Bremerton, and it was. And the reason I thought that was because I thought, get a load of this boat and get a load of this area that they still have regular, old-time lunatics, and they just sit down on the boat, and they do whatever they're going to do, and they, <laughs> they sing to themselves, and they pee in their 30-year-old pants, and what, they do whatever they want, and they don't care when someone spills clam chowder, and she's just singing. And I mean, as soon as I realized that, though, you realize the woman's not well. I mean, she, she was unwell. But I thought, how neat that she's just wandering around and hasn't been clapped in irons yet. And I was right. I had a great time in this place. And that's, that's what I, th- I think we need to do, get back to the wearing of the soup and the singing of the song. Because, look, every so often you hear, you see, in life, there's a voice you don't listen to very often. And it tells you when something's good and it tells you when something's bad. I knew this woman was going to be interesting for one reason or another, and I don't know how. And when I got back from my trip, this is this is what it's it's about in a way. When I got back from this trip, I was in the airport, I went to a gas station, and I, I just knew that the guy hanging out with the pump was kind of a little off. And I knew something wasn't quite right. You know this. There's a little voice inside, and if you listen to it, you know it. As soon as I pulled in, I thought, ah, this guy... Looks like he's going to come up and ask something. And by the way, for whatever it's worth, I'm nine out of ten times the most generous guy in the world. If a guy is drugged out or drunk or if a guy is really, really ratty and raggy and always, if it's a woman, and uh, I'll always give money to anyone, if it's a traffic light, whatever it is, and if it's a guy who's just, you know, every so often, by the way, you get some guys who really have a terrific thing, they say, you know, uh, one guy I remember from New York had a big smile. He'd jump in front of you and say, Hey, you don't have to be a Rockefeller to help a fella. And I thought, now get a load of that. That's a terrific line. That's his act. So I thought, now that's worth 5 bucks or 10 bucks, whatever you have on you. And they, there was a guy out here in California who used to stand by the freeway exit and hold a sign <laughs> that said, I absolutely need $350,000 by 4 o'clock today. And I thought, no, that's hysterical. What funny numbers and what a cool thing to do! That's worth money to me. But this guy looked like a regular guy; he just some guy. And I knew he came. He came right up to me as I get out. As I got out, and I just—it felt weird. And uh, he said, "Hi, uh, hi, uh, hi, brother! Can I? Uh, hey, can I uh, fill your gas tank up and uh, make an honest dollar here? And uh, you'll give me uh, some of it." And I just—I said. It felt weird. I just didn't feel like doing it that time. I just didn't feel like being con He wasn't, if he had said anything else to me except that, and I just said, do me a favor. No. Uh, thank you, but no. And he said, you know, uh, well, you know, I'm just trying to make, and he kept coming at me, and that's when I, I just didn't feel exactly right, and I kind of held my hands up and looked him in the eye, then he just said, please, please. And I just didn't want to be around him. But the truth is, I was a little scared. I don't think he was going to do something violent, but it was just, I didn't like the whole moment. So as I took the nozzle out and put my credit card in, you know what? I listened to the little voice, and I just said, you know what? And I put the card back in and uh, put the nozzle back in. And I had another six or seven miles on the car. And I said, I just don't want to do this, and I'm not going to do this. And I kind of zipped it. I didn't peel out of there. But I felt much better being out of there. The hairs on the back of my neck went down. And I went back onto the Century Boulevard outside the uh, the airport there and went down. two, Just two three blocks later, there was another gas station. And here's where I think it was a tiny reward for listening to the voice in your head. Because uh, I started filling up the car, and another car pulled in behind me. And uh, a a woman came up, a young woman came up and just said, pardon me, I'm sorry to bother you, and I just turned around. She was a beautiful woman with a gorgeous dress and a really astonishing figure, I'm just saying that, and a really big smile and very kind eyes, and she was gorgeous. And I don't mean model gorgeous. I mean, like, real woman gorgeous. And she said, you know, I just want to tell you, and uh, she said something nice about show business. And I said, well, that's so, that's so great. That's so nice. And she said something about, well, this show. And, uh, and, I, and I said, that's the most amazing thing in the world. And she said, well, you know, what, uh, what, you know you, what you're bringing out there is this. And that's when I stopped her. And I realized, first of all, it was wonderful to have this happen. Because as Gershwin said, a pretty girl is like a melody. And it's so nice to see someone like that who's smiling at you in life. And I said something to her, and I realized it also brought this together. I've been saying it to people when we meet, and I think you know the Larry Miller Drinking Society has been meeting. We met in Olympia. We met in Bremerton. And this week, by the way, I'm going to be in Hammond, Louisiana, and I've been tweeting where we meet, and that's how we do it. So I'm going to be at the Columbia Theater in Hammond on Thursday night. It is Thursday night. Thank you for putting that up. It's the Columbia Theater, and by the way, their website is ColumbiaTheater.org. That's the show I do, Cocktails with Larry Miller. And that's in Hammond, Louisiana. But the point is, I'll tweet. Afterwards, the LMDS will be getting together. And we had seven people in Olympia and 15 or so people in Bremerton. And you know what? We'll see what we have. We're going to keep doing this every time I do a job. It doesn't mean you drink all night. It means that you just have one, maybe two and you get to know all the people who listen to the show. And the reason I'm bringing this up and the reason it has to do with that nice young woman who came up to me at the gas station is that I've just never thought of this show when I say it's not my show. Well, you know, listen to my show. I have a show on the show. I have a show in my show. I, I don't feel comfortable saying that. And it's not because I have a weak ego because I think I have a healthy ego. and There's nothing wrong with with a good strong ego but it doesn't I don't think of this as my show. I always say well on the show on our show when I think of Jeff and Chris doing that as well and that it's our show. But you know what I realized and that's when we she said you know what 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 you're doing and that's when I had to say to her you know what I mean this with all my heart. I'm awfully glad you said that. It's very gratifying, but you really have to believe me. And I know Jeff and I talked about this before and he agrees too. This is something we're so glad to be able to do it is your reaction to it that really makes the whole experience for us and i can't tell you what a wonderful feeling that is and that's why it finally came clear to me that why i didn't feel exactly right saying well listen to my show i have a show i do the show i do a show it's not that it's it is it is our show because well without without this relationship you know what and without this growing, you know what, it it just wouldn't be anything. It wouldn't be the fun it is. And someone asked me in Bremerton, by the way, this is an interesting ethical question. I want to make sure I get in today because it touches on this same thing. Someone said to me, you know, well, because if the advertisers come and go, you haven't made any money yet. Will it corrupt the show, do you think, if advertising comes on? Or will it take away the purity of just doing it for no money? And I said, and I mean this with all my heart, and it's a question that's plaguing people for the last 30, 50 years. I said, oh, no, absolutely not. Money goes hand in hand with making a great product. It always should. Every time someone says to me, you know, you know I work for a nonprofit organization. I always want to say, I don't say, but I always want to say, so what? What does that make you, a hero? So you're, you're a martyr now? You're Mother Teresa now? Because you know what? I think there is... Nothing wrong and everything good if and when our show keeps growing and if we get advertisers and if we fly, <laughs> Jeff and I have talked about this, we start calling Old Spice and Big Pens and, and gin companies and saying, you know, hey, we, you want to advertise on uh, on the Internet? And I think they will. And if we start making dough and if we start making a ton of dough if we start selling things and people buy them, you know what? That will be great. The, the only thing that ever affects the purity of a show is when the people on it lose their minds. you know, And you know, that, ha- that does happen in show business sometimes. Suddenly they start, uh, it's like, uh, well, it's like watching a Elvis movie, a jailhouse rock. We say, it's gone to your head. Hey, well, you know, you're knocking back all your old friends and just going out with pretty girls and drinking. Well, somehow there's a truth in there. But anyway, the point is that, the point is that it is our show now. If it makes a zillion do- dollars, that'll be great. It won't hurt a hair on the show. And you know what? Listen to the little voice in your head a little more. I did that day, and it got me a great conversation with a beautiful young woman, and it cleared up a point that I knew I wanted to tell you. And so I'm very grateful it happened, and we're all here very grateful you're out there. And Cocktails with Larry Miller, again, that show I love doing. It's Better each Time at the Columbia Theater this Thursday, the 27th, in Hammond, Louisiana. Their website is columbiatheater.org. And we're going to, I'm going to pick a bar when I get there. And we're going to meet up after the show. The show's at 730. So we'll meet up around 10 or 1030, something like that with all Larry Miller Drinking Society members. Watch my Twitter feed for that at Larry J. Miller for details. Or visit this week with Larry Miller, the Facebook page and we're going to keep organizing this and making it more official. And you know what? One day, we'll make a zillion dollars doing it. And that, believe me, that will be good news because there's nothing wrong with dough. If I had a family crest, and I don't, but if I did, it might say, well, there's nothing wrong with dough. At any rate, the show's website is acelarrymiller.com. My website is larrymillerhumor.com. Follow me on Twitter at Larry J. Miller. And to get your official Larry Miller Drinking Society membership cards, I started stamping them when people come to the meetings. So send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Larry Miller Drinking Society, care of Ace Broadcasting, 10061 Riverside Drive, number 276, Toluca Lake, California, 91602, USA. And remember... (laughs) Jeff just wrote in. And remember you can't say hilarious without larry <laughs> he wrote that to me before and he made the capital letters L A R. You can't say hilarious without larry and i wrote back to him saying you know what you and i are just dumb enough to use that so i guess we have so thanks folks join us next week and as always remember If you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to and someone there who cares about you, folks, the game's over and you've won. And that is still the truest thing I know. I hope you get those things and many more in life, but that's a great place to start, and what a blessing. Thank you for being here, only on Ace Broadcasting. We'll see you next week. The only show that comes with mints, which you're going to need,